Reading from the Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter beginning with the first verse. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make His paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to Him and were baptized by Him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is not an isolated story. It's not just Jesus who was coming to be baptized, but all the people of the region were coming out because they'd heard that prophecy had returned to Israel. There was a prophet in the land. And that was a big deal when there hadn't been a prophet in the land for several hundred years. And to them, God had seemed quiet except through the words of the priests and the rites and the rituals and the sacrifices. There had been a quietness on the land. And suddenly, there's a prophet named John the Baptizer who's calling the people out to repent and do something that they had reserved for converts. You see, if you were a Gentile and you wanted to become a Jew, you would go to a ritual bathing pool and you would immerse yourself and give yourself a bath so that you could be clean. But John was doing something different. He was putting people in the water himself and saying to them that he was baptizing them. And there was a change and the people became passive in that action giving themselves to an action that God was doing for them, cleaning them up and forgiving their sins, and it was radical and new and wonderful. And while John was doing that, Jesus came and caused all the theologians to have a headache for the next 2,000 years as they wondered, why is the Son of God coming to a baptism for the forgiveness of sin? And the good news is the theologians still don't have a perfect answer because it's supposed to be a mystery to us. It's supposed to be inspiring. It's supposed to say, oh, He wants to come and get in our dirt with us. Y'all remember when you were kids and you actually played outside? 
Some of y'all don't. (laughs) But when I was a kid, we played outside, and we played outside because they made us play outside. Especially if there was two boys in the house, they wouldn't know, go sit in the living room and play together. They was, get outside before I get a switch. Why are you in the house? Or we would go to our grandmother's house and frolic in the woods and run in the red clay dirt over here near Northwestern High School. And you know what we got? It's this D word. Dirty. Any of y'all get dirty when you were kids? Any of you get dirty and have a sibling that got dirty too? And then your mama don't want to give two baths and what she do? Put you in the tub with your brother that's dirty. And you know what I can remember thinking? His dirt's getting on me! Why are you putting me in dirty water, mama? <laughs> a bath cleans us, right? And I can think about all these people coming to John. And John saying, come and be baptized. For, repent and be forgiven of your sins. And the idea is that God is washing their sin off of them and into the river. And it flows downstream and is gone forever. Lost in the ocean tide. And then my Savior comes and gets in that dirty water that's full of people's sin. Just like when I had to get in the water with my dirty brother. Your dad used to get dirty, Aiden. He'd get granny beans. I never got dirty. <laughs> y'all remember granny beads? Y'all don't know what that is? Some of y'all were born up north. In the south, when you play hard, you get dirt in the hair, the lines of your neck right there. And when you would lift your head, you'd have granny beads. They look like the little black chokers that teenagers wear now. We used to get those free. Go out in the yard and play for six hours, and you'd have granny beads. And when you got in the water, that junk be floating in the water with you. That's the idea for us, I think. Sometimes if we come at it with the mind of a theologian, we get lost in it. We say, why, oh, why, oh, why is the sinless, perfect one of God in the waters of sin? Why is He being baptized for forgiveness of sins? Because He's getting in the dirty water with us. He wants us to know that He didn't come to be above us. He came to be with us. He came to be with us. And getting in the dirty water becomes the means that God deemed necessary. To cleanse us. And Jesus comes and gets in that water. And the way I think about it is this. He sucked up our sin out of that water on Himself. In the same way the dirt of my brother would get on me when I got in the tub with him. We've heard that phrase, necessary means. You've heard it as, by any means necessary, right? Made popular by Malcolm X when he stood with a group of black people in New York City in Harlem and said, it's time for us to have freedom, it's time for us to have justice, it's time for us to have equality. And he said, by any means necessary, after he said all three of those things. And he was quoting a man named John Paul Sartre, who said that our existence comes before our essence. That if we exist, then we should have the rights of life. And that classicism, you know how we're all divided in upper class, lower class, middle class, lower middle class, upper middle class, lower class. You Pick a class name. They got it out there, right? Even if you don't have class, they say, well, she has, has no class. And we're divided and divided and divided and divided. 
And Malcolm X came and said that that's not okay. And you know, somebody shot him for that. A Muslim man who stood and said it's time for people to have freedom by any means necessary. And people heard that as a threat because it is a threat, isn't it? It says that if you won't help us get it, we will take it for ourselves. As a matter of fact, he says if we can't have it, no one should have it. And it was threatening. And I think when Jesus comes to the water to soak our sin up out of it, it's threatening for us because we know that somehow He changed this water that's going to be put on us. Somehow He makes it mean something different. It becomes the necessary means to a changed life. By any means necessary, God decided God would come and give God's self to us in Jesus of Nazareth. Who Paul said, in him God was reconciling the world to himself. By what means? By taking on the sin of the world. By entering the water of baptism with us and for us. Jesus came and got dirty with us. Isaiah had this cry in chapter 64 of his, of his writing where he said, oh, that you would come down and tear open the heavens. And did you hear what happened when Jesus came out of the water? The heavens were torn open and the Holy Spirit came down. And he was anointed for the works that he would do. And the church has believed that the Holy Spirit is given to us in our baptism. That same Spirit that hovered over the waters of creation hovers over the waters of baptism and gives us life as the Word of God is proclaimed over us. There is newness in life because our brother Jesus came and got in the dirty tub with us. And we come to reaffirm that truth. To say, I repent. And He is my Savior. Are we willing? Are we willing to say, I need a Savior? That's the question that really matters. Not why was Jesus baptized, but are we willing to come and be baptized with Him? Are we willing to submit to the baptism that He offers us? Or will we stand back and say, oh no, that's not necessary for me. And we could rightly say, it's by faith that we're saved. The Bible says that. I don't need to be baptized. But Jesus said, baptize them. Because it means something and it does something to us. It joins us to Him and it washes away our sins. So I guess what I'm saying is that for me, the most credible reason that Jesus came to be baptized that the perfect Son of God, the one who the book of Hebrews says was without sin, the reason He came and submitted to a baptism for the forgiveness of sin is because to Him and to the Father and to the Spirit, it was the necessary means. 
And dear ones, I would suggest that maybe that just ought to be good enough for us. How many of your parents told you because I said so? Today your parent says because I said so. And at some point that has to be good enough. Before we come to the waters today, we're going to sing this old hymn of our tradition written by Charles Wesley that has a hard-to-sing tune. I'll admit that. Pam's going to play it through one time for us. Don't start getting your hymnal yet. (laughs) Pam's going to play it through one time for us. It's, It's on page 606. It says, Come, let us use the grace divine, because these things are for us a means of grace. The means necessary is a means to offer us grace. It's through the water that God gives us grace. It's through the bread and the cup that God gives God's grace and life to us. And that is why we come to do this today. So the question I have for you, every eye up please. Is there anyone here who has not been baptized who wishes to be baptized? Today we will do a congregational reaffirmation of baptism together. And then we will come to the table together. And you will come past the waters of baptism to the table, which is how it is for all of us. And as you come, Sarah will be at the font to mark you, to remind you that you are baptized, and encourage you to be thankful. And then you will come and receive the bread and the cup, hopefully with thankful hearts.